Welcome to part two of our discussion with Rod and Steve. My dagger in Minnesota, right. like Hennepin, was like, oh gosh, yeah, like you wouldn't be caught. Well, I love the Minnesota. I mean, Fargo, that- God, that I used to go to guitar shows up, and and, uh, and I just so loved it. That was one of the fun things to me, like going to guitar shows, man, and hearing these Jersey guys and shit. Yeah, it was just so cool. And that's, I celebrate language. That's the thing. It's yeah. just like when people try to tamp it down. I'm like, no, fucking own that oh, shit, wow. man. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, I'll never forget going to guitar shows and and. Uh, in, in New York City, and the guy comes up and say, "Well, what do you need for that rod?" I said, "It's a thousand bucks." What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> what the fuck? A thousand fucking dollars? Get the fuck out! It was, and I'd be like, "Oh goddamn, I'm sorry." And then I realized it's just been they were the coolest guys, but they all they all try to talk like Italian gangsters, you know? Oh gosh, yeah. I had a, I took a couple composition classes at, in, at school and a. The guy was from deep, I want to say like old, old money Mississippi or, or uh, Louisiana. I can't even replicate his accent. It oh, was yeah. like aristocratic. Oh, if, if you heard, my, my grandmother grew up in Greenville, Mississippi. I, be, I love that accent. Almost British, like just yeah. almost kind of like, like. Super soft. What are you talking about? My uh, uh, Dr. Woodard, uh, he, he, and he, like, he graduated Juilliard in the 70s. And his dad hated that he went into music, like this old aristocratic yeah. Southern family. And the way students would describe, like, marigolds fall out of Dr. Woodard's mouth right. when he speaks. Like, it was, no. I can't even, I can't even, like. My grandmother was like that. I mean, like, I, I could play you something and it's just like, you have. It's refined and cultured. Yeah, and especially, especially, like, not like the, there's a Southern accent and there's, like, the hillbilly. Hillbilly's really sharp and, and, yeah. and, but Southern, there's a lot of analogs between British you could tell like where yeah. they came from. Yeah, yeah, right. You know, but like, yeah. I mean, my grandmother, man. I have you still have these voicemails from her. She's like, you know, Stephen, this is Nene. Uh, I spoke to Roy. Uh, he's in uh, Bosnia, and uh, uh, <laughs> really good. She said uh, the weather is quite pleasant. Now, she, she would call and have a conversation with now, my answering machine. That almost has a DiCaprio, uh, Django, un, Unchained. Well, it's always that kind of. I mean, British actors actually do a Southern accent. Right. Well, I yeah. Mean, you know, it, it, yeah. I read an interesting article once where um, they, some of them do it. Michael, uh, uh, Michael Kane. I didn't mean to, I had to get the thought out, motherfucker. I was lost. I hope you know that. <laughs> Michael Kane did a great Southern accent. Yeah, the oh, guy yeah. from yeah. The Walking Dead, the sheriff. Yeah, uh, well, yeah that was fantastic. Uh, yeah, uh, Andy. Uh, uh, well, yeah, that guy. Well, the, the Queen's English <laughs> movement, right? Okay. I mean, it, you know, that That's kind of the British accent that we know. It, yeah, had right. that not been a thing, yeah, English people would sound a lot like we do now. You know? well, there's I, I loved it on The Walking Dead. Just, just, just hold that thought. <laughs> um, so I won't remember. Who plays Rick Grimes? Andrew um, Andrew Lincoln. Okay, right. yeah. So, and then, do you, do you watch that show at all? Or? I, I, I've lost. I, I'm hanging in there, dude. Man. I made it through just before he leaves. Right. Okay. Series. So, yeah. but you remember with the, with the governor, right? Yes. So, uh, that was great. The governor, um, I can't remember his name, but like anyway, he's a scouser. He's a north North England, like you know Liverpool, and Andrew Lincoln is a proper Londoner. Oh, and, wow. and there's that whole shit between okay. north, you know scousers, yeah, yeah, yeah. and so there's just one, you know, when they're at the table like talking, you got a fucking scouser and a Londoner talking to each other in fake Southern accents. 
Which, oh, it just brought everything. But full you pointed yeah. out that the hatred was real. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> there was there was no acting going on. Wow. These guys, are, you, you piece of shit, you southern <laughs> softy, you fucking scouser. My, my favorite southern accent is the, the 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 male that, and I hate to say like a gay accent, but when you, you hear them, you sort of think like they sound very almost feminine, like Austin awesome Powers. Yes, like, like yes. A, yeah. Or the guy, uh, uh, Kevin Spacey in that movie, uh, Savannah, was about Savannah. Oh, yeah. Midnight, Midnight in the Garden. Garden. Yeah. He had that. I love that. Yeah, really. There was a guy that, for years and years, I thought he was gay. And, and he's just a very cultured Southern gentleman. Yeah. Well, shit, mm. man. Speaking of that, we should talk about the, the other culture that existed in the fucking guitar store. We were in oh, this baby. complex that you this you could not fu- fucking. It was so cool. <laughs> okay, now you were across from the Peabody. So what 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 was what's there now? Uh, the Kooky Canuck. Yes. Oh. It's, it was a huge building. Yeah. Okay. Giant sure. Building. Yeah. 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 And this lawyer rented it, and he had a, he had all kind of scams going on, and <laughs> he had an antique store, and then he built this blues museum. And it was really cool. It was world class, and. Uh, but right directly across from Peabody. But things are real sketchy. This is early 90s. Peabody hadn't been reopened all that long. So there was a lot of vacant buildings and stuff. Nothing like it is now. It was really, we had no idea that. The Peabody was the magnet. Yeah. And fortunately, we were right there. But so we were, we had the Blues Museum. And then we had, um, Rod's wife had opened up a record store for a minute. But and then we had so in the blues museum we had these people okay Willie Willie Gut who was a German guy a German rockabilly Teddy boy you know the real deal. the real deal like when you see like you know like this see is the guy rioting at Bill Haley concert yeah he's Willie's that. one of them. he's fucking Hamburg Star Club shit wow. he had fucking Elvis boy tattooed on his neck which yeah. I can't explain to you how heavy that was in 1992 so right. he moved here. To find and marry Barbara Pittman, a rockabilly took her name. He, yeah, she was. A, she had a song called "I Need a Man." So, and he stuttered, and he was a wash and bad cologne. But he's like, "You, you, 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 man, you need to see this thing, man." Like he's like he's just going, and he was a bore of a man, you know. Like so, that was Willie, right? He was a brute. So <laughs> then, and, uh, this person that worked at the like at the counter at the blues, uh, blues museum is guy Greg. Who's straight out of Tennessee Williams? Little, I totally. first thought I thought he was an old lady at first, an old Southern lady. <laughs> he was this teeny tiny little gay man who, oh hey now, darling, uh, just what did you sort of spoke like this and you know, like he was so cool. Man. He smelled always sweetly of gin a little bit, <laughs> and yeah. uh, and and so so that was him. We had a regular customer named Mailman Mike who was literally a postal carrier. That knew um, more about post pre-war blues than just about anybody. record collector like seventy eights and stuff. Yeah. So he would come in in his mail uniform, right? Dick Rachelson. And so yeah, we had Dick Rachelson, who was another like old school seventy eight guy. But um, and here I am, I'm like nineteen with like a you know a buzzed haircut, like you know like just goofy looking motherfucker. Rod six fucking four <laughs> with tattoos and earrings and shit, and we would all. We'd close up the shop around four o'clock and go next door to Automatic Slims and just power drink for an hour. So you had lined up at the bar this balding, stinky German rockabilly who's stuttering and shouting, a tall dude, me, a, a fucking guy in a mailman outfit, and this weird little dude out of Confederacy of Dunces. And we'd all be just like, you know, six abreast at the bar, you know, just pounding liquor. We'd go back to the store. 
and then do some wheeling and dealing, like call up customers and stuff. Oh, it was great. They were really fun people to be with. Yeah. Uh, Richard Height uh, was also involved, yeah. in, in the, and he was the brother of Bob DeBear Height of Can Heat. And Richard was an extraordinary musician, great bass player. One of the first 78 record collectors and blue 78 collectors. Wow. He was an amazing guy. Uh I mean, it was just fun. Steve walks right in the middle of this fucking circus. And I'm telling you, you'll never get that different a group of people You together. couldn't write that or create it, yeah. But usually around... It, it kind of sounds like the, the, the opposite of, like, do the right thing or kind of like the opposite cultural end of some kind of mishmash. It was just really... Neighborhood wild. Every, I mean, you had... Uh, Willie loved rockabilly more than anybody in the world could wow. love rockabilly. And I mean, like he said, uh, uh, Steve said... Uh, Greg was straight out of Tennessee Williams. I mean, we're talking about, you know, a family of, of Southern alcoholics. Tyrone's in Arkansas. Arkansas, and great wealth and decadence and alcoholism. I mean, it was fucking unbelievable. <laughs> and uh, Greg and I would sit there. Uh, the more I was around him, uh, the more I would adopt his person's personality. And we'd sit there and drink wine, and people would come in, and we'd just let them all in the museum for free. They'd come in and, and, and say, well, how much is it? Just, honey, just go on back there. <laughs> just go on back there. We had the best time. Well, see, and that, I would also bank on that. See, like, that when, when Hank got involved, the dynamic changed greatly because – you know, one well, he he injected some some <laughs> discipline into it. He did so, but then Rob would get mad at Hank. <laughs> and uh, well, for a minute, Hank was still living in Nashville and coming down to Memphis, not maybe uh, every other week or something. And uh, so I'd call him every day. Okay, let's let's, let's set it up. I'll I'll be Hank. Right. So, so so I'd call him and say, uh, I'm in, I'm on the phone in Nashville. All right, all right, Hank, what's up? Hey man, I bought this fucking great. 335, 65, 335 for a thousand bucks. No, 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 you're fucking it up. All right, well, you do the whole thing. <laughs> no, just say, I just say, I bought this 335. Oh, yeah, yeah I, bought, I bought a really cool 65, 335. 65? What did you pay for that gleaming jewel? I paid a thousand bucks for it. Oh, you're a generous soul. So he at that went, point, <laughs> it was fucking on. I'd put the, I'd, I'd put the phone down, I'd say, He'd open the till. Ching! I'd grab a hundred bucks out. Say cocktails, gentlemen, and we'd head. And I didn't stop there. You know, Steve would go and do his thing. I would drink. Uh, every one of these fucking tattoos, yeah. Hank paid for. Um, and, and, or we get some money, and he'd just say, "You know what, Steve? When the cat gets fat." All the kittens get cream, <laughs> and I knew we were going on a fucking shakedown, man. We were, we go out to the, the like the brewery that the Trailways bus station or somewhere else. I man, it was amazing. Yeah, it was fun. But no, no, where, where is Hank now? He's in Memphis. He eventually moved down. Oh, we had this huge. I mean, I knew him. He wouldn't work for one thing. He would, which was a. Really a good thing. He was only there maybe three and a half, four hours a day. That's all he could do. Uh, he was, and he was horrible when he was there. Except for when he played guitar. When he played, when he played acoustic guitar, it, it was beautiful. He was oh, an wow. extraordinary musician, really. Oh. It still is. But he didn't want to be in the guitar business. He didn't want to be in Memphis. And he was a dick. And, and I was trying just to figure out a way to get... But we had 
already like gotten drawn up papers, incorporated. So I'm fucking married to this guy. Yeah. And I'm trying to. Uh, one day, Steve and my wife, or we had a blow up, and we went and got just drunk as shit. And they're trying to. Uh, I'm trying to like try to keep the business together, and, and they're trying just to make it work. We were, we're, we were mad. They were mad. And they were trying to tell me what a dick he was, and um, I kept, well, I don't know, man. I look, we, we've, we've incorporated. It's not the, like that. It's, it's just, just, you know, so it's, the not, drunk, it's not that bad. The drunker we got, they kept on and on. They were walking back to our cars, and uh, I turned around and looked at Steve and my wife and said, I hate that motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! And I you went back. To, I went back home and just fucking went off on him. So he came down. We had a meeting with my accountant. He says, "You guys are fucked." <laughs> you know, he said, "If you split this up now, you both. If you go to lawsuits and shit, you are going to be bankrupt. <sighs> you got to try to work it out." And we did. We we. It was really hard, but for, I guess. Eight or ten years, we we managed to do it. But all along, I expected Hank to because uh, he hated it. I expected him to to leave, just to bail. Yeah, yeah just to bail, and yeah. I'd figure out some way to buy him out. Yeah. But, but you know, I got sick, and and it kind of all went out the window after that. Anyway, but he was good in some things. He was good at guitar shows. He just he would cut through bullshit. I mean, and then, he would cut through bullshit. Right. Extraordinarily talented man. Rob would put up with bullshit to our detriment. Yeah, to yeah. avoid confrontation. I hated getting in fights and stuff. And uh, uh, but and when we did, it was brutal. I threw a camera at his head one time. Polaroid. Uh, Polaroid camera. Oh, uh, you know, we would. Uh, I just trying. I mean, I had my life. I had every nickel I had. You know, I had a four or five year old son. I was providing the only income. Uh, it was. And I'm seeing this monster come in that's just, uh, you know, it was brutal. Yeah. Really, really brutal. But then he would pick up a six-string bass, put a capo on it, and play You Were Always On My Mind. And we'd go and, and we'd say, Hank, do it again, do it again. No, it, wasn't all, <laughs> it wasn't always hell, I think. I'll say that. It was not not always hell. But uh, he was not a good business partner. So well, the name of the place was Rod, Rod, Rod Hank. It started out as Rod's Guitars. Uh, he came on board, so I, you know, and then he took. But as soon as he came down here, he just. He, he wanted to get rid of me. He, yeah, he did everything in his power to get rid of Steve. Yeah, and uh, I stood up. Like, we got to a better place, but yeah. But I stood up like a champ. He's like, he, I, fuck you, man. <laughs> much, a, much like a child doesn't know what his parents do for him. I, did, oh. I didn't realize until later the, the, how Rod is stuck up for me. Oh man, but we. Uh, I was there most of the time. You know, I was there all the time. Yeah. So I, I think I kind of was the face of the place, and I tried to, but. And he again, he wasn't always a dick. Right, right. He but just, he didn't have the same passion. Like he I, he loved guitars. It's really weird. He okay. loved acoustic guitars, he, particularly acoustics. Yeah. And through Hank and George Gruen, I mean, I'm a rock and roll guy, so uh, I didn't give a shit about acoustic guitars. Right. But through those guys, I learned to appreciate the beauty of them and and how important they are. Yeah. Uh, so that was really good. I mean, Hank had, you know, we went to Japan to get, when we were doing well. Uh, we went to Paris. Uh, I mean, it wasn't always hell. You will always have Paris. <laughs> we will always have Paris. We will always have Paris. <laughs> so, so for, uh, uh, describe your, uh, how did, how did the, the whole banter between you guys with, with, with social media, like, this is... Uh, 
Well, we always kind of did this. Uh, well, a lot of it's the little village thing. Yeah, yeah. Tell them about that. So, uh, just a little You're Walter. not telling it, right? No, <laughs> no, 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 go ahead, go ahead. Uh, there's a recording of Lil Walter, and he's sunny like, "Sunny boy, it's, sunny boy, yeah, fucking sunny boy." God, that's Lil Walter's. Let's cut it. Elmore James, Elmore, yeah, yeah. So, uh, sunny boy, and he's just like, he's drunk as a monkey, and he's just like, "Let's do little village." And they're like, "What?" And he's like, "Little village, motherfucker." Well, he ain't talking. Well, he's, I, I, it's I, don't, I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, I was faking my way through that one completely. Uh, Leonard Chess is in the studio with Sonny Boy Williams, and they're doing uh, this is talk back. So he said, uh, What's the name of that song? Sonny Boy says, Little Village, and he kind of mumbles it, and he says, What? Uh, Chess can't understand him. He said, Little Village. And he said, What? Finally, somebody's just pissed. Little Village, motherfucker. Little Village. And then he says, It's a small town. Well, uh, <laughs> Phil Chess comes out, Leonard Chess comes back and says, I know what a village is, motherfucker. <laughs> so it kind of evolved out yeah, of that. So my recollection is that we would kind of have that routine going on at the store and just, you know, or, or we talk on the phone, which we still do. But what really started was uh, just emails. Um, and uh, the big ass truck website. That's oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. So was it was it. emails, and then uh, big ass truck. You know, back in the back in the olden days when bands had message boards. Oh, gosh. you know, uh, Rod got on there as a couple different people. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and and he had a see. He's always just looking for a platform to to expound his bullshit. And uh, so for a while, it was um, emails to to and from each other. Like motherfucker, I know what that is. Like that kind of thing. And then. Big ass truck message board, and then uh, but the big ass truck message board was really fun because I would adopt these different personas, and they were too stupid to know. Yeah, you know, Steve Carl, knew, Carl Davis, Carl Davis Jr., uh, uh, X, X, uh, and and I was always belligerent, being an asshole. But there was also Glenn Hopper who was Slagathor. Yeah, so, so you know he was kind of an antagonist too. But um, but his friends thought they didn't know what was going on, and so Steve and I had this end joke basically, right. going on. and that's when I'd say, so I'd call him an asshole in public, and and, it was, and then his friends would rush to defend him. Well, and then, and then so Rod kind of went rogue on his own uh, with really colorful um, eBay listings because he was doing a lot of eBay. Like when the shop closed down. Everybody just went. That's that's when eBay. I mean, like that's when brick and mortar was dying. Yeah. So one of the reasons the shop closed up. You know, um, I was long gone by that point, but um, I, I knew when to get out. So, so I'm saying. <laughs> um, but uh, so Rob was doing these really flowery uh, listings. It was like you know. Here's a guitar for sale, but then it would go into this whole other, you know, treatise. Uh, speak, I mean, well, you got shut I, down for it. Oh, many times. Oh, uh, and speaking of, we're talking about Paul Reed Smith. Or Taylor guitars, for instance, and yeah. I hated that shit back then. So I, I, if I had a Taylor guitar for sale, I would say things like in my listings. I was driving home from the golf course in my Mercedes, and I couldn't wait to get home to play the low-down boogie-woogie on my Taylor, <laughs> so, which, which is really a fucked-up way yeah. to try and sell a guitar. But it was the only way that I could do it to kind of keep my sanity. Yeah. And most of it was inside jokes aimed at Steve. Right, anyway, you know, right. That um, he knew what I was talking about. But yeah, and eBay actually was like got onto him about the listings. Oh yeah, they shut me down. Um, but then Facebook happened, 
and, right? You know, yeah. I mean, and then I found this forum. You know that uh, I don't know what's worse, the meddling in the elections or him finding this forum. It might be one of them. I remember one time he said to me, and I posted this, he was just like, he literally said this, like, yeah, I was reading his, some of his posts, they're kind of Rod-esque. I'm like, are you speaking about yourself in the fucking third <laughs> I person? Did. I did. <laughs> well, I, a monster. I like to think I developed a voice. But I, I found that uh, I'd never, I quit school in the fucking ninth grade. I had never written anything in my life. Uh, but I did take a typing course. Oh yeah. So that was good. so I kind of got into to just writing on Facebook and stuff, uh, practicing typing, and I just found like it was fun. My brother is a great writer. Mm. He's very very uh, organized and. Recent. He just kind of stole leadership from Hunter Thompson and the Laszlo letters. Ah. Do you know the, remember the Laszlo Hunter letters? Hunter Thompson's huge uh, huge Thompson. influence. Yeah. Hunter Thompson, Kurt Vonnegut. I'm, I'm so surprised nobody busts me. You hit me to the Laszlo letters. So, remember Father Guido Sarducci? Yes. So, this is like early trolling. Like, he would send emails, uh, not send emails, he would send letters to corporations. Yeah. And, like, it, God, it's so hard to explain. Um, they're hilarious and they make, like, he's totally trolling this them. Is, this is Hunter. He would write, uh, like, Rambler. He's saying, Look, I'm driving this piece of shit Rambler. This, this car is not good for your image. It, it tried to get him to send him a free car. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Oh, I was appointed by Newman's story. I don't, I don't know if I ever finished that. Was I wanted, uh, I'm thinking about calling this guy and saying, Motherfucker, I started your company by finding that guitar. Send me a free guitar. <laughs> yeah, right. But yeah, it was. Uh, it just developed into this thing, and then it was really funny because all Steve's, like his bandmate, former bandmates in Big Ass Truck, they were all hip to it. So it was just an inside joke that that we started. Uh, it's, friends of his, and now it's kind of become a thing where people, you know, I think people enjoy it for the most part. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's it's the most brutal. Uh, Man love exchange <laughs> sure. I think I've ever read. You know, well, what we were trying to do was just—I mean, fa- Facebook is what Can I thought of. Say brutal man, <laughs> brutal, brutal man love. God Don't, damn, do I not love Google it. that. <laughs> no hell no. But we really, enjoy, you know, it, for me it was oh, really it's fun. Great. Yeah. I was, uh, you know, I was go- going through some health problems, so I'm at home, and this gives me—it gave me something to focus on. I, I it's a uh, dopamine loop, man. Yes. Um, but the, I, mean, I think I, I may have spoken about this when we last talked. But um, I mean, it's it's really a clear indication of why we are where we're at now because people believe everything at face value. Oh gosh! And they believe the shit that he says, which was so funny, and I felt so bad. About, sometimes I feel so horrible. The worst thing that happened was I wrote, and which I thought this would be obvious to anybody. I wrote that Gene Simmons had decided to go back to his roots and do a blues album, <laughs> and he had hired Steve Selvage to, to produce it. To produce it, yeah. And it was so stupid, and you know, Steve. I mean, Gene this Simmons, came up in my Facebook memories recently. Well, <laughs> yeah. Gene saying, "I've been wanting to get back to my roots for about three weeks now." And, yeah. You know, stuff Low like, down boogie woogie. Low down. Yeah. Boogie woogie, we put that in. Well, everybody fucking believe, or a bunch of people. My did. page is inundated. Like it came up in my memories, just like you know, congratulations, big doings. <laughs> like, like it was embarrassing because it's like people that I know that like I have to say like, you're my friend, and you're so dumb. <laughs> like, 
and, and, the, and the, the, the best part too though was just like I got a couple of like man that's amazing you know I knew you would eventually do something <laughs> I'm like thank you <laughs> so it's sort of pranks you know a lot of us just were pranking each other and uh, and hopefully everybody's going along for the ride now I know there are some people that hate me because they think I'm mean to Steve but yeah. uh, you know they don't I mean to me, it's real obvious. I, know. I, I think you guys need to collect. You, you need to like screen say whatever. You need to collect and publish. Like, like yeah, it, I've, it, I've it needs about to a be book. a thing. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, <laughs> the Rod and Steve. Well, I've enjoyed it. You know, there's been yeah. there's there's been times where. Uh, Again, when you're at home and you don't have a whole lot to do, that's that's a uh, and it, it is creative in a way. I'm uh-huh. writing, you know, and uh-huh. and that's something I didn't. I had no idea I could even do at all. I, I think in today's hyper politically correct uh, climate, like th- this is an honest, just little. Well, that's one of the things that I thought. It's just like. I mean, I, I was looking at Facebook and thinking, I don't want to write about you know. Uh, what I had for breakfast or whatever. I mean, I, I just thought of it as a way to be, as a forum to be funny and express yeah. yourself in a creative way that hopefully, I like to make people laugh. I mean, Steve laughs at me all the time. Sure. <laughs> so it was a way of like, okay, if people are entertained by it, I'll keep doing it. Well, yeah. and it, it's, you're, like, you make a little small story. Yeah. You know, yeah. you use your brain to. Yeah, that's, and that part's really fun. I was going to, you know, I was thinking, I meant to post this yesterday. When you talk, mm-hmm. you fucking breathe through your nose just like Donald Trump. No, <laughs> yes, you do. I swear to God, I heard it. I heard it on a closer look. I, really? and I was like, yeah, because you're not on the other end of the phone every day. When I talk to you, it sounds like a fucking one of those rallies that he has. Really? Yeah. Oh, no. Well, you know, I'm, I'm on medication. You know. I well, what? I don't know that. I don't care. You're, you're on fucking Trump nose medication. Oh, I, no. I wish. I wish. <laughs> I can't hardly breathe. That's what it is. Oh. <laughs> you, now, you would bring that up though, in in, in, in a public forum. Yeah. You would point out, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's fucked up. <laughs> that's really fucked up. I mean, you know. The thing is, I actually hate this motherfucker. <laughs> I mean, I might as well use use this opportunity to come out now. I hate this motherfucker. He was in my wedding, man. Oh, I got this motherfucker in a monkey suit. He fucked me up too because I I had my head was shaven. I've been coming out of uh, uh, this health crisis and I was feeling okay but I didn't look good and so I'm in a fucking monkey suit with a shaven head no you're grown you're all George Clooney looking man it I was, guess I had a little yeah hair. no you had a you're kind of like you know yeah you look good but I'm standing in front front of uh, the wedding is outside and I'm standing in front of about the Mississippi River front of the it's kind of like a stage wasn't it it's a little gazebo yeah I'm standing in front of that with my hands you know western sun beating down like a motherfucker on just you. it was so hot me up there's 18 or 50 mosquitoes on my head oh, it's God. just it was torture. like 300 people there it was torture. They were just eating the shit out of me. Yeah, like, like, see, like the Chinese man who's like dying a death with a thousand cuts. He's that's like what, the look of Zen that's on his face. That's I've got pictures of it because he was afraid to move. He thought this motherfucker had never been in a wedding. Or something. Never been one. And he, he was like thought he'd get in trouble if he moved or something. Like seriously. Well, like, was, what I wanted to do was start slapping yeah. my face, and I didn't think I didn't want to take anything away from the uh, uh, ceremony. You, you were observing <laughs> wedding etiquette. Yeah, that's what I was trying to. 
Yeah, I didn't realize until later that I fucked up. I just, I like the way these, I was at one wedding, I like the way the suits looked. Mm-hmm. They're morning suits. I didn't realize that you don't wear a morning suit. It, like, my, the wedding was in the evening. I was, so I had everybody in so morning suits. I, I fucked it up. Oh, but it was quite a wedding. And they've been together for, what, 15 years? Married for 18 this year? God. Yeah. Congrats. Together for 26. All right. Yeah. So great. we've known each other. He was 18. Uh, I guess I was four. I had long hair when I walked in the long store. Long but it, not for long though, because like uh-uh. when I started, work, like I, I had, I went from hair down to past my butt Woo. to. Um, he, he lost his looks when he when he shaved his head. Yeah, I won't tell the story. I I, 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 I tested that theory out. I'll just put it that way, and, and I didn't. Um, <laughs> but like, uh, check your head came out in '92, and I was such a BC Boys fan, and it was just like, oh wow, I'm fucking. I t- I got the wall clippers. I I had this this girl, Jill Tuthill. She's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, she was cutting my hair over at Davils, and I walked in, and she. I looked at her, and she's like, "You want me to shave your head, don't you?" I was oh. like, "Yes, I do." Oh. And uh, so I went from this to that, um, which is great. But you can drive with the windows down all man, the time. Yeah. You could take a shower anytime you wanted to, man. Like, just <laughs> well, that's, that's definitely certain. Yeah. Um, having your hair short. But I, I looked like everybody. I would always get fucked with. Um, that everybody said because I got this long ass face that. I look like the kid from Deliverance with the banjo, you know. Wow. He was, un- so we always put photos. Uh, uh, we had a full-page ad in Rangers right. Guitar, which is this pre-internet. So this is how we got our product out to the world. Yeah, we advertised for the store. And we started putting this uh, these crazy photos. Up. Polaroid. Polaroid. Yeah. And Steve would be holding a guitar in some ridiculous way. He's always doing something crazy. Well, the guys at the show thought he was the kid at Deliverance. They, they really They did. really thought like they, they, they had like an inbred, like, you know, <laughs> mentally challenged person working. When he there. started going to guitar shows, he was a hero. I mean, they're like, there's that guy. God damn, let me talk. He's not wearing a diaper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but he was well done. But we had these. Uh, and I used to love to get my picture taken. Oh too. yeah, he loved it too. <laughs> he loved it. So, so Ryan, are you still married? I am married. Is I it? have been married since. Well, I've been with uh, Rita since 1971. Yeah. So it's a while. Yeah. Well, we're getting a divorce next week, but uh, <laughs> no, no, we're, we're good. We're doing good. Oh, you, you, you had to fucking top me. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> what he asked? Yeah. He fucking asked. But yeah, I've I've been married uh, my whole life. She survived the guitar business and everything. She did. She was with me. uh, uh, Her and my son went to all the shows with us. It was a great, great time. We were on the road a bunch. Rory grew up at... One of the first things he learned to say was room service. You know, he grew up in the guitar show circuit. Yeah. you know, we got to go a lot of places. It's almost like being carnies or something. Like it that. was some oh, very right. summer that it, we were on the road looking for guitars. Lots uh, of colorful people. Lots of colorful people. He met all these these uh, Japanese uh, dealers that were friends. We'd all go out to dinner. I mean, Rory got to be exposed. That's my son, Rory, to expose to this great world because guitar shows were nuts from all over the fucking planet yeah. who were insane about guitars, you know. And the Japanese dealers were so much fun to hang with. Now Steve can tell you they would come to the shop, buy thirty guitars, we'd all go out to dinner. It was there was a period there where it was just great. Yeah. Then the Japanese economy tanked and we were we, so de- they were like our lucky strike. Yeah, right. You know? Yeah, so we were we were depending on them. We were trying 
we started switching over to, to the, uh, eBay at that time, and but it wasn't it didn't didn't quite cover what it. Bottom but, line was we couldn't afford the uh, uh, the rent anymore. Yeah, the the, the yeah. store moved over to the uh, main street, like the the, the mall. You know. The, yeah, we the, were going to Yeah, I was going to ask. I actually I went into the yeah. Location. So and like the. So much of the soul of that store was tied up in the location, and with the Blues Museum and the weird people around it. And then I kind of went off on tour, and I would kind of come back and work odd jobs there. But they they bought this building on Main Street, and it was supposed to be a better move. And it just it the the vibe was never the same. Oh, it's the same. And well, downtown when there was this big thing like it's going to bust wide open. Well, this particular area never really has. Just right at the corner of Madison. And Main Street. You couldn't park on the street. It's, couldn't it's, park it's, on the it's, street. It's, it's still the. It's where the trolley is. You know, it was the 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 Mid America Mall failed. Right, and I don't even know what now if even today if it would be a, a worthwhile endeavor. Mm-hmm. Being across from the Peabody with the shit. That's what and we yeah. didn't know it, but it was it was amazing. But uh, most of our business still was a miller. And we yeah. never really, uh, I mean, some local business, but there was maybe a fourth of I mean, people did. in Memphis just aren't, like, going to walk in off the street and be like, yeah, I'll take that $6,000 guitar. Right. Like, let's, here's, here's the money. It's not like Nashville, where you had professional musicians, I mean, a great many professional musicians. Right. Who, who, I mean, you go to Gruen's, and they were all be there, Tony Rice and all these heavy guys. Um, I remember going to Gruen's and... Uh, David, who was one of his employees, was giving Chet Atkins guitar lessons. Swear to God. And so <laughs> Memphis didn't have that. Right. Know? And the guys that were into vintage guitars were kind of wheeler dealer type. They weren't necessarily going to come in and, and all they wanted to do is come in and see what something was worth or whatever. So, but we had some, I and mean, the, the tourist business was good. Yeah, I mean, Elvis Week was always good. Oh, you know, God. we'd make sure that we came back from a show with a lot of SM55s. The Elvis mics, yeah, right. you know, and that kind of thing. Um, you know, in the mid '90s, the uh, vintage effect market kind of took off. Steve, Steve was like that in was like my department. Um, yeah, because it's before people started recreating those pedals, you know. So like, I would go and ferret out like Mutron stuff and oh, yeah. Script Logo MXR. And we had those guys come in and spend five grand on pedals one time. You remember uh-huh. that? Mm-hmm. And that was red because usually the pedals we didn't have much money. We actually made money off this. Well, thing. yeah. There was a big again trends and fashions and booms. Like there was a time like where there's people with like a, who show up with a suitcase full of TS nines tube screamers, yeah. because they had, before they'd reissue the tube screamer and like they had the JRC five five whatever chip in it. Yeah, you know, and it was like that was that got high. People were going crazy for tube screamers. And know? he could talk the talk. You know, <clears throat> Steve would get on the telephone and tell him what type kind of capacitor this that and the other. And you know that, that uh, Mark Allard. Mark Allard would his, just. But yeah, I, I wonder if he's still looking for his boss RPS. 10 half rack because I mean this guy would punish me man he'd be on the phone for like hours and I'm like okay Mark well uh, yeah I'll I'll keep looking for it you know it goes backwards right I know it's reverse delay yeah I've got it (laughs) you know I periodically look those up on eBay just just it's therapy um, Did you ever get into the clone, the clone, clone, the clone? Clone. The, that, yeah. was, that was after the fact. Yeah. yeah. I found one. Uh, <clears throat> it's probably still there. I found one at a guitar store in uh, uh, Arkansas, and the guy was hip to. You know, this is years and years ago. Is that a place in Jonesboro? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he, he was hip to what it was, yeah. and he said, "I'll sell it to you for three fifty. And I did some research, and 
that's what they're going for. Right. You know? So the next time, maybe a few months later, I come in, I say, I'm buying this motherfucker for 350 Well, he had raised the price to 500 He was always ahead of me, you know. Yeah, right. And I don't think he ever sold it. I don't think he ever wanted to sell it. Now, I was in St. Louis when the uh, TS9 thing went down the tubes. I had it was at a guitar show, and I had bought a bunch of those. I bought eight or nine of them, and because we were selling the hell out of them. And then I came up, back to the hotel. I had a copy of Vintage Guitar Magazine. I was reading it that night. And Ibanez had just announced they had reissued it. With and the right chip. With the right chip. Uh. And they showed a uh, um, some greasy pawn shop looking guy with some fucked up TS9. <laughs> me. They showed me <laughs> trying to say, trying to sell. Yeah. And I had just spent $1,000 on them damn things. Oh, so shame. It, the, <laughs> The thing about the guitar business and fads is if you were uh, knew the fad and could get to a show and maybe some of the other guys didn't, you would walk around and buy it, and then you could sell it and make money. Yeah. But, but, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, I mean, I'm just saying that you had if, – if you stayed on top of the fads, but you had to be very careful because if you got too deep and it, and it went south, yeah, and it would do that. Things would be popper and then just die. Were you hip to uh, St. Charles Guitar Exchange? Was it? Yes, Dan? yeah, I did business with them. Yeah, yeah that's he's a nice guy. That's when I first moved to St. Louis, and that was like the only kind of shop that was. Well, they had there was a guy named Mike TV. He's still up there. Oh, Dave yeah. Henson was up there at the time. Yeah, right. uh, there was there was St. Louis was uh, a, Ed Sealing was was in. Uh, he's an early early vintage guy. Yeah, St. Louis had so, it's such a big place, kind of center. They sold so many guitars. Uh, gravity guitar? Uh, that was uh, Dave Hansen. Yeah. yeah, Gravity was The Midwest in general was really good for guitars. Midwest yeah, was unbelievable. Lot, you know, a lot of middle-class money, Yeah, you know, yeah. so people like, you know, a kid would get, you know, a Firebird 5 for Christmas, you know, whereas you might not see that down here. I mean, the 5-3 Detroit, Detroit, the first Detroit guitar shows were absolutely insane. Crazy wow. shit comes out of the woodwork. Yeah. I mean, it was just crazy. Bringing in just wonderful guitar but yeah. they had three shifts going the kids all wanted to play guitar and then now they're in their 40s and 50s and they don't so bring them to the show but that has a that was years all this is pre-internet yeah, yeah. internet yeah. changed everything yeah right Flynn guitars in Chicago uh, not sure about them. I dealt a lot with Chicago Music Exchange. Uh, you were tight with them before they became the behemoths that they are oh, now oh yeah I was real tight with them we, we used to uh, uh we went to a show. Every time we'd go to a show, sometimes we'd go to uh, the shops afterwards. Oh, cool! And get the you know, and get the. Hank and I weren't real big, but we were kind of you know we we spent money. Yeah. You know, and then we we'd buy stuff that, uh, you know, if you buy five or ten guitars from a guy, he's gonna give you a break. Yeah. So we'd take them back home and bump them up a bit, and but uh, yeah, it was it was wild and woolly. Tell them about the Memphis Guitar Show. Memphis Guitar Show was pretty. Uh, there were three or four of them. Yeah, but the last one you you didn't go to the show. But what happened afterwards? I don't remember. You're talking about the. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure there's a lot you don't remember about it. Oh, well, you, you're talking about uh, the, at the at the brewery. Oh, I went with a dealer. He's a really great guy, and got him Buck Sulcer. Buck Sulcer. He's from D.C. and he is just this. 
you know, he was a used car salesman up there. I'll give you an idea. I mean, this guy was a hustler. You yeah. know? He was kind of out of, <laughs> out of the good fellow thing. You know? So we're up there at the, at the brewery getting drunk. And I got, and I, didn't even, I didn't even drink, you know, at the time. I had, used to be a bad drunk. I had quit, but I'm getting drunk with Buck. He's got 50 grand, and he's telling the bartender that we're going to cash. buy cash. And he's showing it to the bartender and saying, yeah, we're doing a deal on the building tonight. <laughs> this guy thinks we're buying the fucking building. He's out of a job. He's out of a fucking job. Oh, you were behind the bar. I was at one point, I was behind the bar making drinks. So, oh, <laughs> And uh, I got drunk, stayed drunk all night, and couldn't go to the guitar show. Well, do you were you weren't going to go on principle. You weren't going to set foot at the Memphis Guitar Show. Right. You had to think uh-huh. against it. So me and Hank, Hank and I worked it, and uh, so then you went out, and then we didn't see you for two fucking days. Yeah, I was, oh, uh, I was awful. But I, I just didn't. Uh, the Memphis Guitar Shows were. I mean, they weren't very good, and there were certain people. It brought out the worst of the small town aspects of the. City. Right, and there's certain people I didn't particularly want to see, so I, I didn't really go to them. But at the time, but everybody there was a guitar show every week, just about someplace or another. Right. So we and we hit them all because we, we our thing was we had almost instant sales. We come back home, um, send fax machines. That was uh, fax old machine. school. That was great. Like you, you, and Steve would do it. You know, his his gig would be to send. Uh, we'd write up the list. Uh, It'd be 40, 50 guitars, and Steve would feed them into the fax machine. We had a list of customers that just fax. Just, just send fax it all people. out. Yeah, send right. it all out and just wait for and it to And then the next out. morning we come in. It's like trot lines. And, and <laughs> oh, yeah. The fax machine is full of orders. Yeah. Oh, God. It was out, so cool. It was so cool. So we would pack uh, all the guitars up. Uh, but sometimes they didn't even make, make it to the shelves, you know. Uh, I remember Robert Cray, who was staying in a hotel next door, he came over, and we had, like, we had just got back from a show, and we had, like, 60 guitars or something, uh, and had them all out. And then Robert came back the next day, and they all had sold cards on it. He freaked. (laughs) I mean, I think he was serious. He's like, man, how do you get in this business? Because there was a minute there where it was like, it was just insane. Cash was just flying around. Everything was just absolutely insane. And we all knew it couldn't last. This last thing in in the 2000s, when the when the whole economy went down. Yeah. I mean, the guitar market started. There was a bubble. There was a bubble that was absolutely insane. Right. And and then when that stopped, and it hit some people really hard. But I remember I had this a customer in Mississippi, and I was buying stuff from him and selling for him, and he bought a guitar for. 20,000 bucks, a Stratocaster. Mm. And I took it to a show, and the guy that I had bought it from a week before, he, he didn't recognize it, offered me 25,000. That's how insane it got. If things were flipping around that fast, yeah. I mean, all of a sudden, Les Paul Juniors, which were, you know, had hung around the 1250 mark or so, they're $5,000. Les Pauls are $100,000. I mean, yeah, it just right. got. Absolutely insane. And when the bubble burst, it burst. Yeah, a lot of people left holding the bag. Yep. So, so this just reminds me. So why, why are Dumble amps? Uh, people like them. I don't that, know. I almost bought one for five thousand uh, bucks because there was so much hype about them. And Stevie Ray I mean, he still is right. Yeah, yeah totally. Stevie Ray, Eric Johnson. Um, 
Um, I'm Rob, coming at it more. Robin from, Ford. Yeah, yeah. I really just want to sound like Christopher Cross. That's what. Um, <laughs> no. Um, but Stevie Ray is the guy to yeah. me that I heard him praise him. And he it wasn't even his. It was Jackson Brown's double yeah. he played the, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I figured, well, if Stevie Ray likes it, then it's got to be a great damn. The the three words you can't have it. Okay. If if, if I just said that's a three dollar cup, cup of coffee, but actually it's it's not three dollars, but and you can't have it, then well, how much? Well, then I'll pay this much for it. Like it's just right. you know somebody played it and then like because I mean I think Dumble himself was like he was like the soup Nazi. He was yeah, just right. like, like, no, I won't build it for you. You know, you, no, I don't like you. You can't have it. You know, and for rarity, yes. I mean, that yeah. plays a huge part. I don't even know what's going I've on. I've never played through one, so I, I, I right. can, you know. But I guess they're the most expensive amp to read. It has to be, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. From we dealt ones. some in amps, but amps are, I mean, we, we did. But they're so difficult because none of them ever work like they're supposed to. If you're trying to ship them, it's a major yeah, oh problem, gosh. and it just became such a headache. It's a lot to change. There's, I mean, and, you know, people, like, you know, a guitar, you want original stuff as much as possible. Like, capacitors have a shelf life. It's right. just, you know, there's a point where they need to be replaced. But that gets in a weird gray area because some people are like, well, it's been replaced. And um, But, you know, guitars, they're wood. They're going to last a really long time. Yeah. I mean... An amplifier speaker is paper. It's going to disintegrate over time. So they have to be, there's a lot of upkeep involved. There know? is cool shit that came in. And that, again, the great thing about like working at guitar stores as a kid in your 20s was so great. I had, I had this regular gig at Murphy's with uh, my buddy Ross Rice. And at that point, all I had was my rig from Big Ass Truck. That's all I knew how to do was to be the guitar player in Big Ass Truck. Yeah. And that was like a high watt half stack. And it's just nothing that you brought into Murphy's. But, like, so these gigs would come up, and I'll just be like, I'll grab a deluxe reverb and that Chandler, Tom Newman, Ted Newman Jones guitar, you know, and do the gig. So one day, like, we didn't have any amps to use on that gig. And I was mm-hmm. like, I don't have an amp for this gig. I don't know what I'm going to do. It's, it's This is Tuesday, and the gig's on Wednesday, and I don't have an amp. I was, And I literally said to myself, well, maybe a super reverb will walk in or something, and I'll, and I'll use that. And like 30 minutes later, a dude showed up with a super reverb and I bought that motherfucker on the spot. And like, it never like, you know, and Rive was cool because it was like, rather than like, Hey, I can sell a super reverb and make money. Yeah. I was like, I just bought it for what the dude for 800 bucks. This is what the guy wanted. Like I, I, I paid through the store, but you know, and I still have that amp. It's I treated oh, wow. him so well. He did. So well. <laughs> you gave me a, a, a mint Mutron three for my birthday. Yeah, really? Oh, wow. This guy came in. I have a birthday coming up. I know. <laughs> um, I'll buy you a, a DOD envelope filter. But um, this guy came in with a Mutron pedal board, which in 1990-whatever you just didn't see. Yeah. He had bought every Mutron pedal and put it on a board. And, and they're all mint. They were, yeah, never used them. And, like, and so it was a red-letter day for us, for me, because I was in the effects department. And, you know, and Rod just goes, and I was talking about the, the Mutron 3 Bootsy and all that stuff. And he was like, he just picked it up, looked at me, he's like, here, you can have it. Oh. That was so nice. Oh, so nice. Now, one time, Steve and I, we had this major effects score in Germantown. This guy called Oh, God, us. yeah. That was so fun. This guy called us up, and he had I've got pedals for sale. And apparently, he was in a really nice house in Germantown, apparently going through a divorce. Oh. He had... Uh, he had bought everything new that Stranger Things had. You know, you could see the history of guitar trends in his on his wall. 
<laughs> I mean, all these, lots of strange things, guitars, and but tons of pedals. And I think we bought all of them. We it was did. like 75 pedals or something like that. And they were brand new. Wow. Never had it was played. like a shark tank, man. It but was... they showed the evolution of the pedal. You know, the, they had the early Gibson phase shifter, then later on some Ibanez stuff. And that was always fun. The buying part, like walking to a room where there's 50 guitars and you start opening cases. Yeah. That is so much fun. Yeah. And in the early days, buying guitars from original owners was really great. Being able to hear the story, oh, and, gosh. You know, the chase so cool. too. I mean, just the 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 you know the, the detective the work and finding it. Yeah, I remember uh, buying a uh, a fucking L five, like a fifties L five, really great jazz guitar, uh, cutaway. And it was some Vietnam veteran singing in Georgia, and all these guys were like Vietnam vets were living in pup tents. You know, we didn't have to go in these. It was it was hellish, man. It was like going to an armed camp. You know, but we drove down there and and uh, got the guitar. Oh my! I mean, gosh. we went to some crazy places buying guitar. <laughs> yeah, I remember going to stores in Arkansas and they had guitars for display purposes, like on the wall, hooked to the wall. They were like literally. Be 20 feet up in the air and we would uh i said you want to sell those well they're junk i said well i'd like to buy it and i'm like i'll take that one and i'll take that one <laughs> and the guys go climbing up the ladder bringing them down we had a lot of fun you know as far as Dang. and i'm sure that some of that happens but you know it's been a a lot of stuff has been just picked over you know? yeah sure. there's only so much yeah well most of the good stuff has been i mean the idea they're of, still out there i mean some some you can't roll the grails yeah it's hanging out there but usually what happens is when people become interested i mean it's very it's doubtful that a guy is gonna you know pawn his his followers 50s d28 right. that used to happen but it don't anymore yeah now you go on the internet you go on the internet and get some kind of idea of its value but sure yeah Man, well, guys, this is this. Who is gonna? I, I, I want to find the person that's gonna listen to this whole thing. All really? The way. I, I, <laughs> or maybe they may I, need I, to be. Maybe I part A, part B. No, but thank you. So I, I, I thought this was gonna be a blast, and and it was. Well, I, I enjoyed it. It really. Was. And thank you guys for asking. I really appreciate yeah. it. Thanks for letting me barge in on it. Oh, this is great. Well, uh, look under your grandparents' bed. See if there's a. D28 or whatever hanging Could out. Be. You know? Could be. Let us look under your grandparents' bed. Maybe we're going to go back in business. Rod and Steve's. I'd love to. Thank you, guys. Thank you. All right. Enjoyed it. Well, that was a wild ride. I hope you enjoyed that. That was Steve and Rod going full blast, full tilt. For how long was that episode? That's uh, a yeah, long episode. It, yeah, it was long, and it could have kept going. <laughs> it could have kept going. Yeah, well, I think everybody had, we just kind of ran into uh, prior engagements. Actually, uh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It could have gone all afternoon. It was a ride. <laughs> and, and if, if you if you uh, are hungry for more, like we said, just uh, if if Rod's profile is still public, go ahead uh, go ahead and seek him out, and you you can catch up on, on all the banter happening. And and he also uh, you know he he still kind of throws some thoughts about guitar collecting and and uh, things on there, which are in, in some other stories that creep up that are just delightful. Yeah, absolutely. He's he's really figured out the rhythm of of that platform yes it's yeah go check him out check it out <laughs>